this is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Shelly Shore, the California Division CFO of Common Spirit Health. Shelly, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you, Laura. I'm so pleased to be here. Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about. There's so much happening at Common Spirit right now and really a lot of success that you're seeing in the California Division. But before we dive into my questions, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Yeah, I've been in healthcare about 24 years, um, 25 years, actually. I started in uh, Missouri, and I um, worked for a couple of systems in Missouri, ending Missouri in 2017 when I came to Dignity, which is now a part of Common Spirit Health. Um, I worked for the Mercy System last in Missouri and was a regional CFO, and I was with them for almost 12 years. And then I um, I came to Dignity for the opportunity to move to California and um, have been with Dignity six and a half years. And I started as the Bay Area Service Area CFO. And as we've merged over the last few years, especially when we've merged into Common Spirit, we've restructured the divisions. And um, over time I have gained um, other divisions and now I have the state of California. And we're really excited about the possibilities and the synergies of combining the state into one um, mega division. Absolutely. Well, that's fantastic to hear. I know that's a recent development of becoming one division as California under the common spirit umbrella. What are the major synergies that you're hoping to achieve in, in I know it's been just a short time, but any results there so far? And could you talk, talk a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, California is actually performing really well. We serve a wide um, range of populations throughout the state. And what we find in California is we have um, specific legislature or governing, um, uh, it used to be OSHPOD, now it's called HCIA, it's a hospital California association. And, and we feel like as one division, we can have better discussions with the legislature on policy, um, labor, um, seismic um, implications for our hospital infrastructure. And we just feel like it's a stronger presence when we're talking about our 31 hospitals in the state. That's fantastic to hear. Now, um, given that you've got this new role and definitely looking at a lot of synergies and a lot of success in California, what is your growth strategy for the next year or two? You know, that's really exciting. So we have different, um, like I said, we have different geographies. We have different growth strategies in each of one of those. But I would say the most important thing that we put first is making sure that we provide access to care. Um, We continue to have shortages in medical staff and and medical personnel, not just physicians and nurses, but also techs. So we want to make sure that we look at places that are underserved and how can we provide access and where we have big growth pockets in the markets. We've seen a lot of movement in California through the pandemic. As people shifted to work remote, um, one example is we've seen a lot of people move from the Bay Area to the Sacramento area. So it changes the population. So we're looking at where can we put growth and where can we put access to make sure that we're providing the right care in the right communities. And um, it's really pretty exciting. You know, when you have um, such a large footprint as the state of California, it's, and we serve 
dignity under common spirit serves one in four Californians. It's really important that we make sure that we are providing the right access. And, and that doesn't just mean um, primary care. It also means do we have um, heart care where we need heart care? And do we have um, women's and children's services in the places where it's needed most? So we continue to support what we already have, but to make sure that we are addressing the growth needs in the communities that are seeing significant um, increases in population. That's amazing to hear it, and definitely a, a huge lift, I'm sure, from your your side of things. No small task to re really tackle some of those big challenges and issues um, with access to care in a variety of different communities. Could you tell us about maybe the most exciting and impactful initiative or project that you're working on right now? You know, I would say the most exciting thing that we're looking at is we have a couple of big growth communities, and we are actually doing a complete study in um, one market, the Sacramento market on an integrated delivery network. And those hospitals actually work in great synergy together. That's our biggest um, exciting growth opportunity that we have and um, making sure that we have synergies with those hospitals that are in close proximity to one another. And it's a huge growth area for um, California. We're also really making sure that we are managing all of our metrics. And what I mean by that is obviously as a chief financial officer, while we're looking at growth, we have to maintain other presences in other markets where we are serving the underinsured and the uninsured and population that needs more primary care. So we have to also maintain those sites as well as the growth sites. And it's a different focus, but along the entire spectrum of what we look at is we're looking at cost. And it's not just all about cost. We want to make sure that we're managing those costs that we can manage, whether it's our labor, our patient flow, access to care, making sure that we have the patients discharged to the appropriate post-acute setting, but also without impacting our quality and patient experience and safety. One of the things that we really focus on in California is safety and quality. And so making sure that you're pulling all of the levers at the same time while you're doing growth or maintaining your presence to support the community, also making sure that we don't impact our excellent quality and safety and the patient's experience while we're still trying to manage costs in a high inflation time that we're in right now. It certainly is a lot to think about and, and tackle on a daily basis, trying to put together not only, as you mentioned, um, the metrics for the different cities and, and different markets that you're in um, based on, you know, the patient population that you're serving. And in particular, when you talk about um, costs being high, I know that's a challenge for hospitals and health systems across the board. Is that something you're continuing to uh, plan for over the next several months? Or how are you thinking about that when you're looking ahead um, in, in trying to figure out what's going to make the most sense um, financially for the health system and, and making sure you're able to continue to provide that high quality care in all types of markets and, and for um, all populations? You know, that's that's a really good question. And, and one of the things that we're looking at, as you know, the pandemic had a huge impact on margins for healthcare. Um, we saw a change in our in our volume. We had less elective procedures due to um, restrictions through the height of the pandemic. So we saw more, more medical procedures, more sick patients, um, less of the higher revenue. So it, it impacted our margins and our cash flow. We're not through that yet. We also had challenges. We merged um, as a, a large company, making sure that we had synergies with the two legacy, both um, Catholic Health Initiatives and Dignity, that we had synergies across the nation in the way that we managed um, these things. And one of the things that we continue to look at is um, 
investment in our capital. And that's both our human capital, which is our, our biggest resource in healthcare, is our very talented and educated workforce, but also our investment in capital across the board. And sometimes that means um, that we have partners with joint ventures, or um, we look at a, a national initiative on um, cath lab replacement, which we are doing as an organization. And, and we're using our national power to actually look at things across the board that make sense. Now, it doesn't make sense all the time for everything because some things need to be local, but we um, are using that leverage to really focus on how we can manage not only our labor pool, but our, our capital investments. As, as you know, um, technology creates constant up, um, upgrades for capital in healthcare, and it's expensive. And it's in you're trying to manage that for several hospitals, in our case, 31. Um, and that 31 hospitals doesn't count all of our ambulatory sites and our ASCs, our uh, ambulatory surgical centers, our physician offices and things like that. So we're trying to manage all of this at the same time. And um, I think that that's one of the most important things that we do is to make sure that we are prioritizing where the needs come first. And we're making sure that we are still taking care of our workforce, that they have what they need and we're paying them appropriately and, and um, with market um, structures. And I just think that's probably one of the most important things we do on a daily basis is making sure that we manage that at the right level at the right time in the right need. And I will often give some of our um, community boards the example of a personal budget. You know, if you have, um, if you've seen uh, diminished income in your own personal budget, you're going to prioritize what you spend your own personal money on. It's the same way we manage things in healthcare, but just on a much bigger scale. I hope that answered your question. Yeah, that's such an impactful and, and great analysis, I think, um, you know, in, in thinking through exactly what it means to have, um, be in this situation, having costs increasing and not always seeing the same uh, reimbursement or pay coming in from the services you're providing and in healthcare in particular, not being able to have as much control over that as other industries. Um, it's just a really fascinating position for all hospitals, health systems, physician clinics to, to be in. It is, you know, right now as inflation's gotten um, a faster pace and increase, um, I think we have about a 10% overall inflation in just on the aggregate. Um, in some pockets, our labor is 25% higher. Um, our pharmaceuticals are 19% higher. So we're seeing, and we've seen supply chain increases in certain areas. Our reimbursement's not keeping pace with that. And, and you know, obviously inflation is, is um, gone up a lot in the last few years. That mean, that that is the wrong trajectory when you have an increase in your expenses is far greater than your increase in your incoming revenue that means you have to make modifications and that's one of the things that we're doing as a national organization looking at synergies where can we um, combine things or do things on a national level that will reduce cost or do economies of scale that will help us offset some of that inflation that we're seeing we also look at um, combining you know labor pools not not at all patient bedside labor, but the behind the scenes labor. How can we share resources? Specifically, now that we're one division, is are there things that make sense where we can share resources across California and we're not duplicating some of those things that would really be um, necessary to run a healthcare business, but also overhead that we need to watch. So it's, it's constantly trying to maneuver that. And sometimes it does mean that we have to have partners in healthcare. Um, whether it's in a post-acute setting, through a behavioral health, 
or a skilled nursing facility, or maybe we have a joint venture with um, an outpatient surgery center. So sometimes we um, look to partners to help us with some of the cost mitigation. And then again, like sometimes we're le leveraging our power as a state or we're leveraging our power as a national organization. And um, I think it's very fluid. It's something that we feel needs an analysis and ongoing. And, you know, healthcare is one of those industries that changes constantly and it's so personal and, and you're dealing with people's lives. So you, it, I don't think this ever ends. We just are constantly evolving and reacting to new technology, patient needs, community needs, and then still trying to manage the um, efficiencies and the cost and reimbursement of healthcare where we can remain sustainable. Absolutely. I, I love that. And I think it's definitely a, such a great uh, picture of where you're at today in healthcare and where things are going, obviously wanting to be a sustain, sustainable business model, but also needing to care for patients in, in communities in a really big way. Before we wrap up our conversation, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about what the most important thing that healthcare executives should do right now to make sure their organizations are successful in the future. I know we've talked through a lot of the different changes that are happening in healthcare and um, economic factors that are making it more difficult than ever before to do some of the things that they want to do. But what do you see as being really important for leaders to know and understand and refine going forward? You know, I think this is one of the most challenging times in healthcare. And I would say the most important thing is to make sure to go along with what I just said, that we're providing the right care in the right community. So perhaps in some communities, that would mean we don't provide every service line at every hospital. If we have hospitals in close proximity, we would reduce the amount of services, maybe because we can share services with a sister facility that's maybe three miles away. I think it means bringing on partners, but I, I honestly go back to the most important thing is making sure that you're constantly evaluating the way you're providing care in each specific community. Is it the right level of care? Is it the right care that's needed? Are we doing it efficiently? Are we where we need to be? And are we not spending, you know, too much money to do things or um, do we need partners? And I think that's a constant evaluation because um, as I, as I mentioned earlier, we've had population switch move in and out of California, move within California. Um, it changes your demographics. And we need to remember that um, we have to be fluid as well and modify what we're providing care to still support the health and welfare of those communities, support our mission, but do it in the best possible way that we can so we're not wasting precious dollars. Absolutely. That's such a great reminder. Shelly, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been such a fascinating discussion and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Oh, thanks, Laura. It's always my pleasure. I love, uh, love getting to work with Beckers. Absolutely. And we're excited to have you as a speaker at our um, CEO-CFO roundtable later this year as well. Yeah, me too. I'm really looking forward to it. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.